superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the same energy they have for me. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And I'm going to have the same energy for them. I I will just say this one last thing on on Kyrie Irving. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. He did shut them up. Irving's got three on the way. Down for Kyrie Irving. You shut them up with your play. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, Rams linebacker Bobby Wagner. Still to come, Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell. Plus, Falcons head coach Arthur Smith. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Oh, yes, everybody. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We just said farewell to Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Um, he was here for a good half-hour long chat ah, in hour awesome. number one. Yeah, I like that guy. And, um, and he talked about his departure from the Seahawks and how he kind of gleaned it was coming and... And when he called, he called, he said the front office to find out if he was actually being cut. And they said, why don't you come in? And he's like, I kind of get it. Then you're cutting me. And why come in to find this stuff out? He said he was out of town. Yeah, why get on a plane to go back to Seattle when they were just going to release him? He also said Russell Wilson came up to him uh, before everything went down. To ask him about his thoughts on playing in Denver. So all that's happening while Pete Carroll's at the Combine saying they have no intention of trading. And they had every intention of trying to keep him. And Russ is asking Bobby Wagner, what do you think about Denver? Hey, I'm going to buy this $25 million house. Four beds, 12 baths. We, we can have one for you. <laughs> a bathroom, not a bedroom. Right. Yeah. No, definitely not a bedroom. Maybe the guest house. You know. The pool room. And now he's here Pond. in Los Angeles, California. And, and another one of my favorite exchanges with Bobby was him saying, because he represents himself, mm-hmm. he mass texted a bunch of general managers to say, I'm, I'm, I'm available, let's talk. And he didn't hear back immediately because a bunch of GMs were like, probably calling up somebody within their front office saying, um, can you confirm this is Bobby Wagner's number? You know, it was like a, a new phone who dis sort of exchange <laughs> with Bobby Wagner. And he said he spoke to one general manager said, I'm sorry, I didn't get back to you sooner, but I had to confirm this was really you. Yeah. Good story. You know, 
If you missed anything, YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for the full conversation. I asked him if he thought DK Metcalf was going to stick around, and he basically said, I don't know. And that's where we are here now, nine days before the draft. Look, folks, a team nine days before the draft has a plan on who they like in the draft. They are going to be gaming out the draft nonstop between now and the, the actual go time on Thursday. Baker Mayfield not at the Browns facility today to start the offseason workout program. Deshaun Watson showed up, and there'll be news like Baker's not coming and it's like, yeah, what, what, what do you think? Like, did, did you not see him on that couch with the dog who wanted a belly scratch and everything going on in his head? What, do you think he's going to show up with Deshaun Watson there? No. And the conversation for anybody who wants Baker Mayfield right now is you call the Browns, or you already have called the Browns, or you're thinking of calling the Browns, and you're hearing what the Browns are asking for. And or what the Browns are offering. What do you mean by that? Well, the Browns have to eat part of Baker's salary. And to me, somebody sitting there thinking, I am going to draft this quarterback if he is available. I love that kid. Like his tape, like his film, like his attitude, like his personality when we interviewed him, when we had him in for a visit or we saw him at the combine, all of that or both. And uh, if that guy is available, they would rather have that guy and four, if not potentially five years of contractual control and three years of a salary that you can definitely afford. And if he overplays his salary, do you give him a new deal after year three? The Bills say yes. The Cardinals are like, you know, hey, hang on a second. We'll get to you. And the Browns were like, with their guy, now we're not doing it. And now that guy... Went from entering year four off of a playoff win and exiting year four again on a podcast couch with a dog looking for a belly scratch. <laughs> so teams have to make this decision. How much would the Browns eat? Is Baker Mayfield a better quarterback than that kid that we're drafting? Sure, he's got more experience. Sure, he's got more uh a game that's NFL ready. But we like this kid, and we'd rather go with that kid and grow him from scratch and get him in our system rather than somebody who's got a chip on his shoulder, yes, and we could win with, sure, just one year of contractual control. And then who the heck knows? Why would we do that when we can start from scratch and get this kid in and so on and so forth? That's the decisions going on right now. For a quarterback. Now then, the wide receiver market is of note for the moment because there are three terrific wide receivers, three terrific wide receivers that are on their walk years because they did not get drafted in the first round. The teams do not have a fifth year of contractual control on them. One of them is somebody we just talked about with Bobby Wagner and DK Metcalf. Do you think he's going to go? He's like, I don't know. He'd be, they, they'd be silly to let him go. Oh yeah. (laughs) But But after this year, he would either need to be franchise tag or given a big-time contract, or you give it to him now. You give it to him now. And the free agent market for the wide receiver 
group through the roof, through the roof, because Devontae Adams got his deal and Stephon Diggs got his deal and Tyreek Hill got traded and got his deal. And those guys made the new contract as part of their acquisition for a new team or in Stephon Diggs's case, the Bills are just taking care of everybody and they're ready to roll best they can. And so these young wide receivers are either making some noise saying I'm not showing up or they want their new contract. And what do you do? You look to the gram as you see in this day and age or in the case of AJ Brown of the Tennessee Titans, his Twitter feed. He sent out this tweet yesterday. I'm a diva and a bad teammate all of a sudden. LOL. Okay. Do what you have to do then, and so will I. Now, who's that who's he talking to? Talking to? Yeah. Is he talking to fans who are upset with him for wanting a new deal? And we'll get to that in a second. Is he talking to somebody in management who is saying something to his agent or he's hearing something that's out there? Because you take a look at his Twitter feed later on in the day, and he removes Tennessee from his bio. Now, we've looked to the gram, right? (laughs) And he he still's got photographs of himself there, right? As of an hour. And everybody, like, this is a silly game. It is a silly game. (laughs) Yeah. But um, But hilarious. (laughs) But it is a sign of disgruntlement, and disgruntlement can lead to anger and lead to holdouts and lead to breakups and lead to demanding this and demanding that. But these receivers that I'm talking about, DK and A.J. Brown and also Debo Samuel, really don't have the cards. Leverage business, folks. It is a leverage junkie league. You either have it or you don't. If you don't have it, you need to seek it out. And the leverage these guys have might be, you know, doing this to their Twitter account or saying they're not showing up for work until they get paid. And then they won't get paid when the games get played. In Tennessee, though, A.J. Brown has a, a very important person who loves him. That's his head coach. Mike Vrabel was on this show the other day. And didn't remember, remember I asked him about potentially trading away A.J. Brown. There are rumors that they don't want to pay him all this money. Think about it. Tyreek Hill is now making, what, 30 mil a year and the average per year, the argument about what DeAndre Hopkins' contract was and really is or isn't may not be based on inflated annual rates, blah, 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 stuff that only Bobby Wagner, I guess, understands. Mm-hmm. But that thing's moot now. There's, uh, there's, the bar's been set higher. This is what Mike Vrabel had to say about trading A.J. Brown. Is A.J. Brown on the, on the, on the trade block, Mike Vrabel? Oh, as long as I'm the head coach, I... I, I love AJ professionally, personally. Um, you know, I've been, I've, I've gotten him to to know him well as his coach, and uh, enjoy you know, seeing him as much as I possibly can. So, as long as I'm the coach here, I would I would want to have AJ Brown on my football team. So that's what Mike Vrabel has to say. And the reason why I started with quarterbacks and I talked about the wide receivers that want to bring it full circle is because in the quarterback world, if you have somebody that you draft and they are absolutely outstanding and terrific and generationally talented, very rarely are you going to go ahead and just throw that guy back into the free agent pool and start again at the quarterback spot. We still have yet to see that, right? 
We still have yet to see somebody say, we love you, we think you're terrific, but we're swapping you out because we don't want to pay you all that money. You're going to eat up all of the cap. We'd rather just start again and see how it goes and win in that first year, second year, third year, first contract. That's the that's the jackpot. That's what the Chiefs got out of Mahomes. That's what the Seahawks got out of Russell Wilson. That's the jackpot. We have yet to see that happen. We have seen them abandon the guys that they've drafted because they don't feel that they, he's the right guy anymore. Goff, Wentz, Baker Mayfield's that guy right now. Darnold already with the Jets. We've seen that. And now we've also seen a quarterback who's told the team, you wait, I'll get around to asking for the bag in Lamar Jackson and a guy who might be holding out in Kyler Murray because for some reason the Cardinals say we'll take care of you, but just not right now. I bring that up because that's the quarterback market. Wide receiver is a different story. We're going to find this out. Because Devontae Adams didn't get paid in year four like the way that these guys are looking to get paid right now. This is an interesting aspect of it. Let's see, because there's a ton of good wide receivers in the draft right now. And and um, one way to back things up, if A.J. Brown is going to hold out on you or Debo Samuel is going to hold out on you or whatever's going on, if you want to trade away D.K. Metcalf, he's get another one. Now, these guys are unicorns, but we'll see how the wide receiver market is valued. I just will say this for Brown and Debo and also DK Metcalf. I will say this to the fans out there who might be upset if A.J. Brown was in fact referring to fans saying that he's a diva and a bad teammate and all of that stuff. And Debo Samuel taking to his social media accounts to say he's gotten death threats from fans. For those fans who do that sort of thing, who the hell are you? Think about that. Who the hell are you? I know you love your team. I know you're, you're a diehard fan or something like that. But to threaten somebody for trying to get the leverage that they don't have in a leverage junkie league, you would do the exact same thing if you were in a leverage junkie business. And you probably are working in that business. Who are you to give somebody a death threat? And if you're a fan of this show, unfollow us. I don't care. And you're not supposed to be in a business like that telling fans to go away. These guys deserve every penny they think they should get. They have worked their asses off. And Debo Samuel, more than anybody else, takes the hits. Problem is, though, for him and A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and every other wide receiver, Justin Jefferson is going to go through this at some point. And Jamar Chase will go through this at some point. And the question is, is there going to be pushback from the market? Or will the market change in the same way that we're seeing quarterbacks now get $40 million a year like it's nothing? And soon $50 million a year will be like it's nothing. Will the wide receiver market now be filled with guys getting paid like Devontae Adams, like Stephon Diggs, like Tyreek Hill, after just three years. That's what's happening right now. That's the push-pull happening right now at the wide receiver market. And nine days from now, we'll have a lot to do with what we see. We'll see who gets drafted and who doesn't. By which teams. But I don't blame these guys for trying to get theirs. I just don't know. This is a whole new thing. In the same way we haven't seen it before with Lamar Jackson telling a team, you know, wait, I'll get around to asking you for the money I know I can get right now and that you want to give me. Wide receivers now after year three are seeing what guys after year six, seven, eight, 
getting paid, saying, I want it now after year three. I don't know if NFL teams are going to give it to him. That's what's at play. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the show. Kevin O'Connell of the uh, Minnesota Vikings is going to join us. And before he does, uh, what a fascinating journey he's had to being the HC uh, of, the, of, the, uh, of the Vikings. Drafted by the Patriots in 08. Correct. He was a rookie in the year Brady blew his knee out. Yeah, he was on How was that about? So you probably, do you castle. think Brady was even in the quarterback room then? Uh, probably not. Right? Because Bill is one of those guys, when you're hurt, you're, you're not even really on the team. Third round pick, he watched Castle do his thing. Yep. And it was the only, he went, uh, I think, two for four in one game. And that's the only professional stats he had as a quarterback. Wow. Because he became the first Patriot casualty in a very long line of Patriot quarterback casualties. Suffered because the Patriots signed Brian Hoyer as a free agent. <laughs> An undrafted free agent, Hoyer in, out goes O'Connell, who bounced around, wound up with the Jets, wound up after no longer playing anymore. Mike Pettin was the one who hired him as a coach for the first time. Pettin was the D.C. in New York when O'Connell was there. Wow. And that's off you go. He was uh, an offensive assistant in San Francisco for the one Chip Kelly year. And then he goes to Washington, D.C., where his quarterback the first year was a quarterback coach is Kirk Cousins. Who's his quarterback right now? This just in? Same guy. Hey, no. And then, of course, he's hired off of the Rams staff where he went after Ron Rivera came in and changed things around in Washington. Yeah, Rich, he's only 36. He's a young guy. He's one of those Sean McVay disciples, if you will. And also, with him getting the job, meant my guy stayed at Michigan. So much to talk about with Kevin O'Connell. Next, right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. 
Back here on the program, Kevin O'Connell of the uh, Minnesota Vikings is going to step out of the, I guess, their draft war room and call us. That's where we're expecting a call from him before uh, Arthur Smith of the Atlanta Falcons will call us on the program. Oh, then I have something to bring up. What are you I, I didn't want to cut you off uh, oh, sure. before in the, in the last segment. You're talking about wide receivers and how, you know, we've kind of never seen this before. Do you think, or maybe just a question, who would you rather pay? Because we've seen giving big money to running backs really hasn't worked out all that too well for those teams. Uh, I, I'm sure Dallas might regret what they gave Zeke. And we saw Todd Gurley, some of these other backs, Christian McCaffrey. Do you think the wide receiver market's going to go in that direction? Or that, that's the, that's where where that's the crossroads. That's what I, I don't know. Yeah. I do not know. Like maybe that's something we can have one of our general manager friends come on and explain to us because this is where we are at. Because prior to the last couple of years, the wide receiver market did not explode like right. we have just seen it explode. Okay, where the premium has been was paid only to the top one two wide receivers in their what second contract, right? But even then, third like, contract. Who were really those guys? Well, I mean, even like Devontae Adams got paid by the by the Packers, but now he's been pizzed. Right. Right. DeAndre Hopkins pizzed sure. when he got to the Cardinals. Who else is somebody that got big time, over the top, twenty million dollar a year money? Right now, it's know. thirty. Like this is now the way it goes. And look, the cap goes up, and so does the money going into the cap. But. The question is, is now you've got receivers, second, third rounders who have proven that they can be game changing in this league and important players and physical players as well. It's not just somebody that's going to get blown up. I mean, Tyree Kill is kind of an outlier here in being a small, a smaller, fast guy. And guys like DK and AJ Brown, they weren't first round picks. So that's what I'm saying. The Neither team has is DK to make Metcalf. That decision it's faster. Sooner, it's right. now happening. Right, Justin Jefferson, there's a fifth year of contractual right, control. Right, right. But I'm sure he's watching and his agent's watching to see these receivers after year three, if they get paid. Justin Jefferson can say, well, those guys in year three got paid. I want my money now. And I've put and, up better numbers. But the Vikings' all, right? response would be, there's a fifth year of contractual control that we have. And this whole fifth year of contractual control got set up by the 2011 collective bargaining agreement, this whole rookie scale, if you will, and system got set up in 2011, born out of the fact that teams didn't want to pay players in the top five picks of a draft the most money they've ever paid any player in the history of their franchise just because they balled out in college. They don't want to be on the hook for all that money if Jamarcus Russell busts is essentially the way that thing got turned. So that quarterback situation and top of the draft situation got changed in 2011, and now we're seeing 10 years later the ramifications of it for players at the wide receiver position because that's now exploded. That's why I wanted to talk about it. It's really fascinating to me how that's working out, and we'll see how the market handles it nine days before the draft. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Joining me on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line for the first time here on this show, he's the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He's Kevin O'Connell. How are you doing, Kevin? 
Rich, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm great. How are you how are you getting ready for your first draft as an HC in the NFL? What's up with that? Oh, you know what? It's uh, you know the way the schedule works out. You're you're getting ready for that while also you know installing your systems and meeting with the players in the building. So these uh, these days are full, but we got a great process. Quasi's done an unbelievable job, kind of laying out um, you know how we want to go about this process collectively. And uh, coach staff, coaching staff came in and and really embraced, you know, kind of getting to know these prospects and, and, and how we want to really play on offense and defense and how any potential guy we would pick kind of fits into that. And um, it's an ongoing process. You know, we still have, uh, you know, a few days here. we got more players coming in on their, uh, you know, their 30 visits. And um, the whole thing is, has been a positive experience so far. But as we get down closer to it, you know, we'll get locked in and, I feel really good about where we're at. Have you had your first moment ever pounding the table for a defensive player in one of these meetings, Kevin? You know what? I uh, thinking back on it, I may have a couple times. Especially, okay. it's funny as you uh, as you start really thinking about it. Uh, you know, being a former quarterback, I, I tend to really look at uh, those guys that hit the quarterback. A yes, lot. sir. And uh, and uh, you know, those guys seem to jump off the tape to me, but. Uh, whether it's rushers or linebackers on the second level, DBs. I mean, there's a lot of really, really good players in this draft and, uh, you know, a lot of players that can really help us and, and fit into what we're trying to do. I just I, I, I love talking to people about journeys and their journeys, and yours is fascinating to me. Did you get a call from Bill Belichick on draft day back in 2008, Kevin O'Connell? I did. I did. What was that like? Yeah, he, uh, you know, I, uh, it was about uh, eight to ten picks before, uh, you know, before my name got called, and um, it was it was back then. That was back when uh, the draft took place uh, pretty early uh, on uh, on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Right. You know, when that Sunday round started, the third round, I think California might have started at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, so I was up, kind of. It was it was uh, obviously didn't sleep all that much the night before and then the first uh the first voice i heard on the phone the next day was coach belichick and asking me uh you know some final questions before they pulled the trigger and um what an what an opportunity it was for me to go there and be around some of the people players and coaches that i that i got to be around it really started kind of my football journey like you talked about that um you know finds me here as the head coach of the minnesota vikings yeah, so so- each and every part of the process was you know i feel like it helped me i feel like it put me kind of in the best possible place I could be to be where I'm at now, where my where my feet are planted. And, um, you know, I'm very, very thankful for my time there, obviously. Sure. And so um, you were there as a rookie, and then Brady blows his knee out, right? You were there for that whole situation. First game, yep. Absolutely. And we, at the time, you know, you know Matt Castle and myself, we, we weren't entirely sure who was going to go in the game. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, Matt, Matt gets his number called, and, uh, goes in the game and, and and what a season he had and to be be there kind of every 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 step of the way with Matt and and obviously being around a, a great coach like Josh McDaniels and and so many of the great players we had on offense and defense that year it really um, I mean it when I say it I mean my football journey wouldn't be what it what it has been and and I don't know if I'm sitting here uh, without you know some of the principles and things that I learned. Uh, through my time there, albeit it was short. I wish it would have been a lot longer, yeah. to be honest with you. But, um, you know, getting to transition from uh, being a part of that organization to the New York Jets and have some success there and see things done completely differently, um, you know, kind of 
shaped, uh, you know, like I said, it shaped who I am as a coach today through those experiences. And so before we get to the here and now a little bit, um, I imagine, did you not have as much that much interaction with Brady because he was he was out with the knee injury or or what was your con- um, exposure to Brady in any way, shape or form? back in that day. Yeah, I, I, I've always had, you know, so much respect for how he treated me um, as a rookie when obviously through the offseason, post-draft and into training camp. And then obviously the injury happens, uh, you know, and and that was a that was a big deal uh, when, yeah. when Tom was had, had been under center for so many years in a row and so many snaps in a row at that point. Uh, and then and then to to obviously, you know, he goes off and He's handling his rehab and, and doing what he needs to do to make sure he was able to come back that next season. But the second he was able to, he was back in the building, you know, supporting Matt uh, in the quarterback room again. And and I just remember uh, there was no question that I couldn't ask that uh, that that he wouldn't, uh, you know, put some time and, and thought into answering and, and really cared about the, the you know the things he shared, you know, about the position, about playing the game, about leadership, all those things uh, that make him. Uh, you know, the greatest to ever do it. You know, you get to be around that on a daily basis. You'd be crazy to uh, to uh, not, you know, absorb as much as you can. But, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of lived by the golden rule of, of making sure that uh, I was definitely seen and not heard very much. <laughs> when, uh, you know, when uh, Tom was in that room and there was a lot to be learning on my end as a young player. Kevin O'Connell, the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings here on the Rich Eisen Show. And then when your playing career is over, you, you get into coaching. Um, Mike Pettin hires you in Cleveland. Did did you know him from the Jets days? Is that how you got on his radar screen and vice versa? Kevin? I did. That's exactly right. So okay. he was the defensive coordinator when I was with the Jets. And, you know, the one thing I was able to do uh, transitioning from New England um, to to the Jets is, you know, I was able to kind of go down the hall and, and spend some time with those defensive coaches and, um, it's amazing, you know, the impact you can have even as a second or third quarterback just by walking down the hall and, you know, knowing some things about the other about the opponent and and, and how they protect and 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 maybe how they you know how they like to play and understanding, um, you know, maybe an impact you can have or at least the slightest little, uh, you know, a little bit of input you can have on a game plan when you're playing against a team like that. Um, I felt like, you know, I was going to do whatever I could to help our team win. And whether that was in the quarterback room with Mark Sanchez or, or that was down the hall with the defensive coaches, uh, every player, you know, in this league just wants to have an impact to help their team win. And at that time, my impact wasn't going to be on the field. So uh, I, I tried to do whatever I could, you know, with those guys. And, and with that, not only with, uh, you know, Mike Pettin and, and Rex Ryan, but that whole defensive staff, uh, there were some real strong relationships that got formed. And, you know, I've I've kept up with a lot of guys, you know, from that staff to this very day, and including Mike Pettin, who's now our assistant head coach here. Yeah, that's it. That isn't that amazing, man? How it all works out, and especially since you wind up in Washington as a quarterbacks coach, and your first quarterback when you were there is Kirk Cousins, and look who's your guy now. It's really it, it's crazy how this stuff works. That's exactly right, and it's uh, you know the last I was only able to be around him uh, that one season in 2017, but right. yeah. You know, he actually signed a jersey for me, and and uh, you know, I, I had it up on my up on my wall at home, and and he had kind of 
you know, he had kind of left a message on there basically saying that uh, he hoped our, our, our paths crossed again at some point. So um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I never knew it would be like this and didn't know it would be in Minnesota as his head coach, but uh, really excited I get to coach him again. Well, then let's get into that right here uh, because, you know, I'm sure the, the narrative being discussed is, is Cousins definitely in the Hall of Fame for his contracts and his guaranteed money. Um, but his play is yet to uh, rise to the level of a championship quality um, in, in a consistent manner. How do you think Kirk Cousins, why would you think Kirk Cousins is a Super Bowl quarterback and you just saw one directly in front of you uh, blossom from the NFC North in a new situation? Uh, I'd love to give you the floor on that subject matter, Kevin. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the thing that really resonated with me, you know, when you come in as a new head coach and you start hiring coaches that you have, you know, in some cases previous relationships with, and in other cases you're just trying to hire the best possible staff that you can. And I feel really good about the staff that I was able to, to hire from a, you know, leadership standpoint, but also as, you know, just a football intellect and understanding of playing this game at a high level. And the one thing that resonated, like I said, was um, having those guys turn on the tape. And you know, man for man on our coaching staff, say, hey, we got a we got a pretty good quarterback here. When you just look at the tape and and, and you look at the way he's played, uh, our staff and, and and obviously myself, it's one of the huge reasons why I was so excited about the opportunity here. Was you know his ability to play winning football uh, shows up on the tape, and and I think uh, you know no matter what Kirk's kind of done from a record standpoint in his career, when you just break it down to play in and play out. Uh, his his ability to execute the offense we're going to run here, um, how we're going to build it for the quarterback here and really take advantage of his skill set. You know, I'm excited about it. You know, we're a few days away from being able to get on the grass with our guys for the first time and really start building our offensive system. But uh, Kirk's been great in meetings. He's been great kind of leading the charge with that group. And uh, I'm excited to see how uh, – how it all looks when we get going here. Well, when you install your offensive system, what do you think Cousins brings to the equation that you know he can operate it to a championship level, a consistently championship level? Coach. Yeah, I think he, you know, the one the one trait that I know that is very, very important for the quarterback position uh, is you've got to be accurate with the football. And I think Kirk has proven uh, throughout his career he's an accurate thrower of the football both you know, from, from what I like to call an NFL pocket, which uh, is when guys are getting hit, there's things going on around him. Kirk will stand in there, uh, keep his eyes up, and, and deliver the football accurately and, and consistently. Um, he's been he's an incredibly tough player. I mean, he's he's been in the game uh, snap in and snap out for uh, the better part of his whole career. He's incredibly durable. And with that becomes, uh, you know, a whole lot of experience that he's been able to gain and, and build upon throughout his time as a starting quarterback in this league. And I think, uh, you know, with where he's at currently and, and, and really where he wants to go, he's really motivated uh, to kind of take that next step. And I know he's excited about what we're doing offensively, and it's it's very much in its infant stages of, you know, kind of what it's going to look like. But I think he can feel already uh, our ability to put him in a system where, uh, you know, he can – uh, you do his job on a snap-in and snap-out basis, and, and if he's doing it at the high level that I think he will, um, I think he'll elevate the other 10 guys that are in the huddle with him. And uh, we've got some really good players in that huddle with him. 
Um, he doesn't have to feel the pressure to do it all on his own. Uh, but we want him to lead our group, and uh, I'm going to be right there with him. Well, what are your two cents on uh, the quarterback one below the depth chart on him, uh, uh, below um, Cousins on the depth chart, and Kellen Bond, your predecessor, Mike Zimmer, when asked before Week 18 in a game that uh, didn't mean anything in the standings whether he would play or they wanted to get a chance to see him. Uh, he said, not particularly. I see him every day. And everybody took that to mean like maybe this kid that they drafted high wasn't either ready or couldn't play in the NFL. What are your two cents on that subject matter? Yeah, I, I, I have not seen Kellen on the field. So that's first things first is I want to get on the field with all of our players and uh, you know see those guys. He's been great in meetings so far. Um, or in the early stages here, but uh, you know, I obviously study the quarterbacks every year coming out in the draft, and you know, like I've like I've had to do for a few years now, and and uh, you know, I, I just remember watching a guy that was, you know, there's a, there's a talented skill set there from a, a passing standpoint, athleticism. Um, he had some he had some real success there at A and M, and I think anytime you look at a guy after one year in the NFL, and even through the process, uh, you know, of a rookie year. Um, I think it's, you know, I speak from experience when I say that, uh, you know, I wish I wasn't judged solely upon my rookie year, um, you know, as a, as a quarterback in this league because I felt like I improved and, and I felt like I grew mentally and, and, and became a better uh, potential player uh, for, for the teams that I played for. I never really got to get on the field again after that. And, you know, that's a huge regret of mine. But, you know, one of the things I want to make sure that I do is give all of our players and Kellen's absolutely included in that uh, you know the chance to come in here and 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 just and work hard every single day. You know to do the things we're asking uh, from a big picture standpoint, a culture standpoint, a team building standpoint. But then on an individual standpoint, Rich, I want Kellen to come in here and, and feel like he can embrace our offense and, and be the best possible version of himself as a quarterback in this league. And uh, that's a minute-to-minute process. And, and once we get on the grass, we'll be able to really see where he's at. And then most importantly, how we can coach him up to. You know, to to reach that highest potential that uh, whatever that may be for Kellen, we're going to be uh, doing everything we can to help him get there. All right. Uh, before I let you go, Kevin, um, I'm assuming you've done what maybe a dozen interviews similar to this one, or or on a program like this one since you've taken over the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, right? What would you say? Is that an accurate? I, yeah, number? I've I've definitely done a few, okay. but I, I've been waiting for the call from the Rich Eisen well, show. I'm I appreciate that. Make it work. No, I appreciate that. I'm uh, I'm going to toot my own horn here. Is this the longest? interviewer has gone with you without bringing up the name Sean McVay? Is this the longest anyone's gone? What do you think? I think it's about uh, it 10 minutes longer than anyone else has gone. You absolutely get the credit for that, you. but uh, now I can't miss my opportunity to uh, you know, to talk about Sean and, and his great influence on me because uh, you know, I, I absolutely uh, you know, couldn't say anything. Uh, but wonderful things about him as a leader over the last couple of years, getting to be around him, getting to be around him as a play caller. Uh, it had, you know, absolutely the most impact on me and, and, and why I'm sitting in the chair I am today. Okay. I mean, do you need a get-back coach like he has one? I mean, like, how are you going to be like uh, McVay? Are you going to call 15 plays at once and throw them all on your quarterback? Are you Are going to talk real fast? I mean, what do you, what, 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 what do we got here? What do you think for, for me? I've, I've for you? definitely got some ideas in store, but uh, – 
You know, okay. anymore nowadays, we get that coach. You know, they look a heck of a lot better in the game day attire than I do. So okay. I know Sean, uh, Sean likes to still lift some weights and, and keep himself <laughs> in good shape nowadays. So that get back coach, uh, has, okay. I, I've always joked with him, he needed to be careful about how many times he was pulling him back on that sideline. He, was he might turn around and push you back one of these times. But um, I will not be doing that. Hopefully I'll stay off the field and stay out of the way of the players that belong on the okay. field because yeah. I've long since, long ago proved that I did not belong on that field. <laughs> Uh, so now I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm loving it. And then what was your perspective on the drive that everyone's going to be talking about here in Los Angeles forevermore, where Stafford and the fourth down call and going with the the run with Cup and then that no-look pass to Cup, and then Cup 19 times with all those flags he finally got in the end zone. What was that perspective <laughs> for you uh, in that final drive of the Super Bowl championship? Kevin. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I give the Bengals a lot of credit because, uh, you know, they made they made some things hard on us that day. And, and uh, you know, obviously they were prepared to, to try to take away a lot of the things that we were able to have success with throughout the year. But uh, tons of credit to, to obviously Sean and our coaching staff and, and then Matthew and Cooper and, and the rest of our guys on offense for going and, uh, you know, overcoming a lot on that drive, overcoming a lot in that game. Um, to, to go get that ball in the end zone. And, and it really didn't matter how we did it. Uh, I just knew that with, with that guy playing quarterback for us and, and with Cooper Cup uh, able to, to to make the plays that he did. And, and there was a lot of other plays in that drive that, that people may not you know remember like, like other what? guys in that huddle making plays. I mean, Bryson Hopkins catching a ball, a couple balls there right. uh, to extend drives. I mean, unbelievable performance by the offensive line. We essentially dropped back and threw it. 12, 13 times on that drive, and, and those guys protecting a really good against a really good front, and um, it was an absolute battle. But that's how that game's supposed to be, and it made it that much more worthwhile to kind of celebrate that thing after not only we got it in the end zone, but then Aaron Donald and and, and the guys on the other side got that stop. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, the offense with uh, with Stafford and Cup set the bar very high for Cousins and Jefferson, but uh, you guys got that. You, you That's a connection right there that I'm sure you can exploit, and I, I look forward to watching that, Coach. Thanks for the time. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, Rich. You got it. Uh, and since you said you've been looking for this call, that means you have to look for multiple ones. So you just kind of walked into that uh, standing invitation. There you go. You just let me know when. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Enjoy your first draft. I appreciate it. You got it. That is Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, let's take a break. Come back. We'll uh, kind of sift through a lot of that stuff and see what you guys think before Arthur Smith joins us from the Falcons when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, 
part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. I guess if you're going to give Kirk Cousins yet another crack at this team and extend him with yet more guaranteed dollars that pays him like the Super Bowl championship quarterbacks get paid, right? Or people who you you think can win Super Bowls get paid. I guess if you're going to do that, the idea of having the head coach be the guy in his ear, in his face, in his meeting room, in the film, and being somebody who's known him since 2017 and has an autographed jersey from him saying maybe we'll meet down the road at some point. And as we all know, uh, his departure from Washington uh, to Minnesota was sparked by um, two franchise tag years. As a matter of fact, that's when Kevin O'Connell showed up, was in Kirk Cousins' second and final franchise tag year in Washington, D.C. I guess the guy you want to hire as your head coach is somebody who just won a Super Bowl, having been on the staff of a guy who has now become, what, the, the modern-day coach maker, right? Um, yeah. Everybody wants everybody. Like that, yeah. Everybody wants them. Uh, a McVay, Sean McVay. They get uh, they get head jobs. Correct. Okay. McVay was with Kyle Shanahan and Matt Lafleur, and those guys have Zach now Taylor. kind of right. Zach Taylor from the Rams staff takes the Bengals to the Super Bowl. You want to take somebody from that staff? Brandon Staley has got the Chargers in a spot now yep. that I think yep, yep. Um, the Chargers are in a very good spot right now. Oh, you had them, what, number three? Four. Four Four on my top five teams in the AFC. Correct. Um, And I guess you take somebody from that staff who knows Kirk Cousins and can bring an offense that he is bringing from the Rams that you plugged in a longtime NFC North quarterback into and tons of throwing yards and tons of you know, W's in the NFC North, but no significant W's. No primetime W's. Shying away in big game W's. Keep going. <laughs> Have I described Matthew Stafford in a way, right? Uh, yeah. Prior to the year. Even in the middle of last year when the Rams had okay. that midseason swoon. All right, that's right fair. when the Titans came in and spanked them around. That's fair. With Adrian Peterson. At running back. Everyone's like, yeah, Stafford still can't win the big game. Middle of the season. And then he's now a Super Bowl champion with a new contract and an AT&T commercial talking about his uh, victories. Great commercial. I, I agree. It's a funny one. Uh, Kirk had a good year last year. I mean, I know we slag to, on him. This but is, but this, this is why you go and go in this direction. He had 33 touchdowns and only seven picks. So... That's why you go in. The, the, the cousin's M.O. is 100% can wing it around. You like that. All of that stuff can get you 4,000 yards, can get you a lot of touchdowns. But when it's time to win a game against Aaron Rodgers, see ya. 
Yeah, right? I know, more I know, often than yeah. not. I know Trey said yesterday that you know wins and losses not a quarterback stat, but you want to guess what Kirk's career record is? Five hundred, right? Fifty nine, fifty nine, and two. Yeah, yeah, so so right there, yeah. average, average. So you're going to bring a guy in who comes from a staff that has just churned out one dynamic young coach after another and has just won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. And I know we can argue skill sets. Stafford's better than Cousins. I get it. But the Cousins MO is tons of yards, not enough wins in big games. Can't win the big game. Shies away from the big moment in the spotlight. Throws more interceptions than touchdowns. 500 quarterback. Is it the system? Is it the teams that he was on? That's why I guess you hire Kevin O'Connell. And his answer was he brought in his staff. They looked at the film and they said, that's the guy. I guess then they turn around and say, what? Let's give him another guaranteed year. Give him 70 more An insane amount of money. Send the pen to the Hall of Fame (laughs) because he keeps setting records for that sort of thing. Man. You like that? (laughs) He does. Right? Captain Kirk, there he is. Signing again, and you're like, okay, they're going down the same rabbit hole in Minnesota again. Unless this guy comes in and brings a whole new attitude. I mean, Zimmer's attitude is we're running the freaking football, and if you start throwing it around, I'm going to hit you. (laughs) Literally, I'm going to hit you like Buddy Ryan. Ryan. (laughs) I am going to, you know, I'm going to threaten to turn you into Kevin Gilbride right now. Clearly, he didn't do that, but that's the vibe that you got, right? Right. A little bit. Like, we're going to take Dalvin Cook, and if he doesn't touch it 90 times, like, what are we doing? It's going to be a problem. What why, are we are we, doing? why are we doing this? We're going to play defense. What's we're going to run it. And do not let that guy make another freaking mistake. Otherwise, we're going to throw down. <laughs> and now you're going to have Kevin O'Connell is going to be like, okay, you're accurate. Let's ride it. I'm looking forward to seeing this for the Minnesota Vikings this year. You think Kirk Cousins has a house with 12 bathrooms? Look it up. He could afford it. I mean, it stinks. It's made a lot of money. I'm just wondering like, what, I mean, what the bathrooms did. I know this, Rich. Uh-huh. I was telling Chris, I'm on a, not a group chain, but I have three friends that are Viking fans, so I text them yeah. during the interview to be yeah. like, hey, your coach yeah. is on. Yeah. Throughout the years, all three of these guys have nothing to do with one another in different parts of the country. They are all opposed to Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. I know they are. And they're not happy <laughs> right now I know when they I are. sent them this. I, I know they are. <laughs> but let's see if Kevin O'Connell's got the answer. Yeah. If not... Then move on, and you've got you've got a guy who knows how to win, I guess, from where he from from where he just came. Arthur Smith of the Atlanta Falcons will be joining us next, right here on the Rich Eisen Show, Hour Three on a busy football day. By the way, on the bathroom subject, oh, I figured I found it. There's a house in Beverly Hills that has 30 bathrooms for 17 rooms. Oh, well, that's a, so, that's a better on. ratio. I'm oh. explaining to you guys. Is that, is, that, is that called the Beverly Hills Hotel? No, <laughs> right? no 17 <laughs> bedrooms and 30 bathrooms. And I'm explaining to you guys why. I started doing research last night when I got home. It's based on the room, not the bedroom. You guys have to look. Each room could theoretically have their own bathroom. Okay. So that's why they have 12. 
Like the the dining room could have a bathroom attached. No, I understand that. And I that's. Understand. I mean, it's not no, crazy I, that there's. Well, we were just bedrooms. we were just going bathroom. Yeah, it was I'm, more the bedroom, the, bedroom ratio. the lack of bedrooms than the, the, the bathrooms. I, you, but there's there is a Look, bathroom. Let's for be honest. Bedroom. Even even what you just said. What is that? Like a forty-two percent hit rate of bedrooms to bathrooms. Oh, this is insane. This one is like it's thirty-three <laughs> percent. Like that'll get you in the baseball Hall of Fame, but every other Hall of Fame, you're not you're not making it. So in the House Hall of Fame, you can't you can't have a 33 percent hit rate, like one room per three three bathrooms for every room. That's that's, that's crazy talk. It's yeah. crazy talk. Why would you it's spend like, all that money for that? Just take take one of those bathrooms yeah. and and make another bedroom out of it. All right. right? So I found this uh, Kirk Cousins. This is from 2017. I'm sure the bathrooms are are, are roomy enough. Oh, they oh, they I mean, little. So they apparently like apparently Kirk built a huge three story. Um, Lake Michigan, yes, like uh, I'm Lake, sure it's beautiful, massive house. Yes, uh, so it was five bedrooms. Let's see, I had it five bedrooms, two fireplaces, I Jeez. think four bathrooms with a nursery attached. Five bedrooms and only four bathrooms. I think. No, no, I think that's, no, that's weak. See, you don't know weak. that. That's that probably giving weak. me accurate information. Yeah, it's there. That's you know, weak. They got the ratio. Yeah. Your bedroom to bathroom ratio. If should you got we, that much should we should we find out the bedroom to bathroom ratio for all thirty two starting quarterbacks in the NFL and have a ranking system? We like got a power time. ranking, a bathroom, a bedroom to bathroom right power ranking. I got Look, we, I got time. What, what's the season start? Let's September. Call, like, we got time. You by Zillow. Bedroom to bathroom power ranking, and we'll see how it actually works this, with the this, true power ranking, phenomenal. and see how this can actually. See? Maybe this is a better stat than wins for. But also, though, guys like so is Russell Wilson won because he's three to one bathroom to bedroom. I don't think it's a terrible ratio. Oh, so he's I don't think you can win. I don't think you can win with he's that ratio. Oh, okay. But he's number one on the list because he's who we're starting with. Can't so. win with him. <laughs> Can't win with him. <laughs> Can't win with that ratio because you're not you're not getting enough sleep. <laughs> Boy, you got you're peeing your head off, but you can't sleep. Ha, 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 ha.